Hey, we're in a series called Freedom Maker, and we've kind of had this main thought, that the quality of your decisions determines the quality of your life. And some of us here, if you're a bad decision maker, if you're, if you're just horrible at making decisions, then the quality of your life is not going to be very good. But if you make good decisions, the quality of your life will improve. And so we say when your values are clear, your decisions are easier. When your values are clear, your decisions are easier. So it's like we all understand certain things that we want in life. We all have certain values in life. But at the same time, our decisions choose opposite of the values that we say that we have. Today, I want to talk about this idea of open hands, of open hands. In Acts chapter 20, Paul actually quotes Jesus when he says this. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Um, This is one of my favorite times of year because right after Valentine's, they come out with the Cadbury eggs, all right? And uh, my wife actually got these, my first box of Cadbury eggs. I think she actually got it like in Valentine's. I'm like, this girl knows my heart. You know what I'm saying? Like she got me these Cadbury eggs and I love them. Cadbury people, you either love Cadbury eggs, you're like, those are disgusting, right? Um, But I love them. I'm one of those guys that love them. And the first year of our church, like, I mean, Cornerstone was brand new. We weren't even one year old yet. And is that correct? One year old, one years old? Uh, You know what I'm talking about, ESL. All right, so we're, we're one. Our church is not even one. We're months old. We're months. And I'm just sharing in a message my love for Cadbury eggs. I'm just like, oh my gosh, these things are amazing. It's just like, who knew that a bunny could make something so delicious, right? And I'm sharing this stuff. And the very next Sunday, right here on the front row, the church had surprised me with a, I'm talking like a mega basket. And when I say like a mega basket, I am talking, it is almost as tall as this stand here. It is a mega basket filled with Cadbury eggs. I mean, I saw, I walked in, I was like, oh my gosh, y'all know me so well. Like, oh, thank you so much. That's why I wear skinny, like the weather, flex fit jeans, you know, like I need to, I was so excited about this basket of eggs. But as I looked at this entire basket of Cadbury eggs, I was like, there's no way, like I'm gonna like eat all of this. It was at least a year's worth of Cadbury eggs, you know, and I'm like, I don't know, after a while they start to crystallize. I don't know if they taste as good. So it's a lot. And so me, trying to be generous to the church. I was like, oh, thank you so much. I said, after church, why don't y'all take one? All right, take one and just like, I wanna give back. I don't wanna hoard all this for myself. Why don't you take one? Now, I wanna emphasize, I said one, all right? When I say one, I mean like, you take one egg, all right? That's what I was trying to say. Like, I thought it was kind of clear. Take one, grab an egg, an egg, right? One egg. But here is the problem with it. In this massive Easter basket of Cadbury eggs, they were the five packs. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The five pack of eggs? Like some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. No, they sell these things in five, five to a box, which was just like cha-ching, cha-ching. Like I'm like gonna swim in Cadbury eggs later on this evening, right? But I just want anyone in the church to take one. And so after church, I had said that and people one by one started coming by and they started taking one box. They started taking one box. And I'm watching my Cadbury eggs just go, like slowly, this, this 
basket of eggs is dwindling down. And I'm just like kind of freaking out, but I'm trying to be cool. Like, oh no, oh my gosh, thank you so much. And I'm like, don't, you, you took more than one for your family, sir, right? Like they're just leaving with my Cadbury eggs. They're walking out the door. And at the very end, after everyone had left, we were just one service at the time. <laughs> I'm left, like I promise you, with this little dozen of the mini eggs. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They make them in like a 12 pack, but they're like tiny. It's like, it's like three of the, like, it's like three equals one. It is so tiny. They're not even as good because there's not as much cream. There's like a, there's a factor there of chocolate to cream, whatever. Like they ruin, I only had a, a dozen. But see, after church, my sons, uh, who were much younger then, came running up and said, Daddy, and they grabbed it from me and they ate it. I got zero Cadbury eggs. I was so upset, you're right? I was like, I can't believe, it. like last time I offered the church anything, you know what I'm saying? Like I was trying to just be nice, right? So when I hear it's more blessed to give than receive, I'm like, I like to receive, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if I wanna give away everything that I get because if I give it all away, I'm left with nothing. And I think that outlook is how a lot of us view our finances. We like to get, we don't like to give. And when it comes to this idea of open hands, Paul says, like Jesus says, it's more blessed to give than receive. And yet all of us here, I would say, would want financial freedom, but most of us feel the bondage of the financial pressures that you face. You got your bills, you have to pay, you have your mortgage. It's like, hey, both your, you both gotta work just to sustain the lifestyle that you have, and it can be very difficult. We all want to have freedom financially, but we won't make the choices that will free us financially, and that's what we're gonna talk about today. It's a principle you find in the New Testament over and over and over again, this idea that it's more blessed to give than to receive, and it's this open hand mentality. Uh, as a matter of fact, like if you have an open hand, it allows God to give and to take away. See, if you have open hands, it's saying, God, I'm, I'm just opening my hands and whatever he puts in it, he can take away. And sometimes we don't like the things that he might choose to take away, but if you live with that mindset, God can do as he wills, and it always is better than if we do it on our own. But most of us, what we tend to do is we tend to hold on to the things that he gives us, and guess what? You can't get anything else with a closed hand. And most of us, when it comes to our finances, we have closed fists. And as long as you do that, that's all that you'll ever have, and you'll always find yourself constantly struggling, wondering, how am I gonna be able to do this? Generosity is one of the values we have here at Cornerstone. Uh, it's we give up what we love for things that we love more. We wanna be generous people, and I think we have such a generous church. And generosity is more than like just giving money, right? Like generosity is more about like, um, is more than just, oh, I see a need and then I'm gonna give. Like that's not being generous. I mean, yeah, generosity includes giving and things like that, but it's not like spontaneous. Um, it's not about, well, I can be generous when I have more money and when I have more money, then I'll be generous. No, 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 money makes you more of what you already are. If you're stingy and poor or stingy and broke, when you're rich, you'll be stingy and rich, all right? If you wanna be generous, it's something you learn to foster. 
and you will realize that it doesn't just come to finances, it comes just to the way that you live your life. Uh, my wife and I, when we had a season in life before we were here at Cornerstone, before this was even church, we were still younger. We had little kids at the time. They were toddlers. Our two boys were super young. We were financially strapped. We couldn't even afford the bills that we had. Tonight. And it was a season where I was in between like ministry jobs. And um, I was just working at Radio Shack, which luck out for me because Asian people and electronics go together. But still, you're talking, it was Radio Shack, right? Like it was a difficult season in life. And we were able to be generous to people through just sharing meals in our home or giving people our time or allowing like just doing things for others. And so it's this mindset that you have and it's so much easier for us to receive than it is to give. And on our end, we've been on the receiving end of people's generosity time and time again. Uh, Yesterday, my wife and I, we got to experience Gadsden's mattress game, because we got a strong one here in Etowah County, you know what I'm saying? Like, so many mattresses to be sold, so many mattresses to be purchased, right? And we needed to go out into the jungle of Gadsden, and we had to buy new mattresses. You see, our son had broke his bed, and it was like, we need to, like, go out and, and get this thing. And so, as we're going out, buying mattresses, uh, we're trying to figure out what are we gonna do? We gotta buy bed frames. And like, at the same time, dude is 13. Like, we ain't trying to give him something nice. You know what I'm saying? But like, we don't wanna like, uh, you know, like we have to, we're trying to like figure this out and we're struggling through it. And we're, we're going from store to store to store, trying to figure out what would be the best situation. And then a friend calls Aaron and lets her know, hey, we got this bed frame we would love to give you for your son. And this bed frame was like, I promise you was way more than what we would have spent. It was nice, uh, solid wood. I mean, this thing was amazing. And all we had to do was buy mattresses. And as my wife and I were talking about this last night, we were talking about our friend's generosity. We then thought to over 10 years ago with this twin size mattress that we had of some other friends that had given those to us when we couldn't afford anything. And so here it was like, wow, here we are in the spot. Like we're in a place now where we can buy mattresses, right? But we were still on the receiving end of someone else's generosity. And it was those type of things that just make us go, you know, like that's what we wanna do. That's what we wanna be. And so generosity is something that you have to grow into. It's not just something you just do overnight. No one becomes generous on accident. As a matter of fact, I like to say it like this. If you want to be generous when you have more, learn to be generous when you have less. If you want freedom financially, right, if you want freedom in your finances, learn to be generous. And you're going to say, you're an, that's an oxymoron. Like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, this is why I don't go to church. We have a lot of people at Cornerstone just coming back to church or whatever. And if, like, this is your first Sunday and you came on the day where I'm talking about finances, I'm sorry. <laughs> this does not happen all the time. Um, this is one of those things that we talk about because I believe it's gonna change your life. It'll change for those of you are marriage or if you're not, if you're single, whatever. You can change the trajectory of your life if you learn to get your finances under control. Uh, But we're in this freedom series and finances are a huge part of that. 
If you want to be a generous person, then learn to be generous when you have less. And we'll just look at two simple things this morning. The first thought is this. If you're going to be generous, here's one of their qualities. They plan generosity. Generous people, they plan it. All right, they plan generosity, right? And, and all of us, like we have experienced that, like you give in different situations and sometimes we're like, you know, random giving, that's generosity. Like you see something, you know, you're watching, you know, TV and next thing you know, Sarah McLaughlin comes on, she's singing the song, you got these sad pets, you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm gonna give to that. That's just me being generous, right? Um, and you think this, you see a need and then you meet it, your heart stirs and you give. You're like, that is generosity. But see, generous people, they don't need to feel guilt to be generous. They plan generosity, and it's totally different. Um, They plan for it. They look at what they want to do, and they know who they want to make an impact for. They know who they want to bless. They're planning to be generous. They don't just give when they have extra. They plan it. I love how the prophet Isaiah, um, he says this in his book. He says, but generous people plan to do what is generous. They stand firm in their generosity. They know what they wanna do before they even do it. They love to make a difference. It's not just spontaneous. And yes, there are seasons and times where things are spontaneous, but it is strategy. They know what they're doing. They're planning towards it. They're saying, hey, I'm gonna be a part of the Easter 120, or a lot of you are part of our Christmas offering every year, or a lot of you plan to be generous in regards to just our church and saying, I believe in the mission, and I believe what we're doing, and you're helping reach missionaries all over the world, and you're helping support the ministry here, and you do so much. They plan generosity. Those of you people, and there's so many in our church that say, you know, I'm gonna plan to be generous, like Aaron and I, we plan it, So we automate our giving. That's a plan. We're saying, hey, this is what we want to do. We value it. And then so many others of you do the same thing. We're going to plan to be generous. Most of us don't have a plan when it comes to finances in general. And most of us don't have a plan when it comes to like making more. As a matter of fact, if you were to get this week a $500 a week raise, like, oh, you're like, $500 a week? You're like, dang, like, that would be awesome. You're talking like two Gs a month. Like, you're saying like, we go on vacation every month. You know what I'm saying? Like, 2000 is a lot. But let's just say you got $500 a week as a bonus. Like, it was like permanently a part of your salary. Here's what happens to most of us in America. We take that $500 a week, and we already begin to spend on things we already want or things we've been holding out on. And before you know it, You want to be able to help and do other things, but you've already spent that $500 because the average person in America spends more than they make. The numbers are like, it's it's over 80% now Americans live paycheck to paycheck, which tells us we are spending more than we actually make. So if you were to get a $500 a week bonus, it would already be, some of it would already be spent just for your obligations you already have and then you would spend the others on just things you already want. And it's like, I wanna be generous, I value generosity, but my decisions tell me something else when it comes to my finances, and I don't have any margin to be able to give more. As a matter of fact, like for our church, one of the things that we try to do, even like as we budget from year to year, we look at like, what is our average like monthly giving, and we always try to budget below that because we wanna be able to have margin. 
Because we don't know what God's gonna do. We don't know what things are gonna do. We're in an old building. And for a lot of you that have seen like, or experienced like a church service here now, you have no idea what it used to look like just several years ago. Like, ladies, y- y'all's restroom, I mean, I've seen it, all right? Not when anyone else was in it. All right, let me just point that out. And I've seen our men's restrooms. If you've gone to our restrooms here at our church, let me just tell you something. Like, like three years ago, you would have just been like, I'll hold it, <laughs> you know? I'll just go home. I'll go in the, as a matter of fact, I would go in a gas station. Right? I don't think I want to go. Because they weren't nice. They were honestly kind of gross. Right? We've renovated it. Like you, for those of you like take your kids down our kids wing, like we continue to make improvements to that area that I believe is one of the most important and vital areas of our church. And like you have no idea what it used to look like. You have no idea. For those of you that like, and let me just say this, there are a lot of you that are like parking and walking. Thank you so much. You're continuing to make room for people to show up to our church. But like that parking lot, like when it used to rain, it was like for real, like we'd, we'd take out like tugboats, you know what I'm saying? We'd like, all right, we'd take canoes out and we'd like row out to people's cars. Like, do you need to, do you wanna walk or we have waiters or do you wanna ride? And we would like take, that's how bad the parking lot was. It was horrible. But yet the generosity of people here continue to go above and beyond and we've been able to do so much without having to do much at all. We try to operate with margin. Most of us don't live with margin. We're living with constraints. But see, people that wanna be freedom makers in their finances are generous people and they're putting God first in all areas. I love what Jesus says in Matthew 6. But we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all these things will be added to you. Jesus talking about, hey, honoring God when it comes to our finances and seeking him in everything. And then all the stuff that we worry about in life, he's like, God will take care of it. Literally, God will handle it. Have the open hands. I love what the prophet Malachi says. Now this is, this is wild. And this is the only time you'll see this in the Bible. But I have to share this with you because generous people do this thing called tithing. And it's, it's crazy, but I, but I wanna share it with you. And, and listen to what it says in Malachi 3. It says, bring all of the tithes into the storehouse so there'll be enough food in my temple. So the prophet Malachi talking to the people was telling them, hey, um, you're supposed to be tithing, right? You're supposed to be bringing that to the church. You're supposed to be giving back to God so that, that the work of the ministry will be done. Now, uh, we can have another conversation another time how tithing is something you'll see before there was ever a law given. You'll see it during when the law was given and you'll see it when Jesus talks about it in the New Testament and then you'll see it in the early church. Like it's just a concept that is throughout scripture. A tithe simply means one-tenth of what you make. Now, this is what's weird. You're saying, Daniel, you're telling me that if I give 10% of what I make, I'm gonna be free financially? That sounds like a good plan to fail. But I'm telling you, in God's economy, it does not work that way. It's backwards. 90% with God's blessings is greater than 100% of you doing it on your own. But if you're gonna give 10% of your income, you're gonna have to rearrange your priorities. 
And that's a big deal because we like our cable package. We like how fast our internet speeds are. We like the cell phone plan that we have. We like the places we go to eat or whatever it is. Like you would have to change your priorities. But the verse doesn't stop there. Malachi the prophet continues to speak. And I think this is just really amazing. Listen to what he says. He says, if you do bring your tithe, he says, the Lord of heaven's armies. And I think he is emphasizing the power of God. Like the God of all armies, the God of all creation says, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great, you won't have enough room to take it in. And this is what you will never hear God say. Try me, put me to the test. You don't ever test God. <laughs> it doesn't turn out well. But when it comes to finances, God knew that our hearts are closely attached to this area. And he says, this is the one time in scripture you'll see God say, test me and see if I won't. Now, we have to be careful here because this is where lots of churches go. And if you give this $120, the Lord will give you back 10 times that money. Can somebody say amen? Was that pretty good? Like, I feel like I, feel like I did good on that, right? Yes, online, were you there? I don't even know where that came from right now. You know, just like, that was like, I wasn't even planning that, but it happened. It happened. That's what happens when you see spiders in the morning. You know what I'm saying? You have to be careful. And I want you to understand, this is not prosperity gospel. Prosperity gospel means if you give this, God will do this. No, 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 no. That's not what's happening here. God says, you know what? If you can't trust me with your finances, test me. Test me. I promise you that if you put me first, I will take care of you. And as a matter of fact, I will do more for you than you even think possible. I will open up the windows of heaven and I will bless you in such a way that you will never go back. That's what happened to Aaron and I personally. We started tithing and it was like we experienced God over and over and over again. Do something that we could have never experienced had we not given. And if you wanna be Free financially, you gotta be generous and they plan it. Here's the second quality, is that generous people round up. They round up, they round up. Proverbs 21, 26 says, some people are always greedy for more, but the godly love to give. Generous people are always looking for ways to round up, right? Like if you feel like, hey, I'm supposed to make a meal for this person, hey, round it up, make them a dessert too, or buy one. <laughs> My wife is great at this. Like this is, she always looks for ways to go like above and beyond to take generosity to the next level. Uh, I wanna read some stories. These are actual people. I'm not gonna share their names. These are actual people who attend Cornerstone who in the fall, just this past fall, were a part of what I call like the 90 day giving challenge. And I'm not gonna talk about that today, but these were people that said, you know what? I'm gonna test God and I'm just gonna ask and see and I'm gonna trust him and I'm just gonna, whatever happens, like I'm just gonna trust God with my finances. And, and I, like I always say like, hey, if God does something, can you share that with me? And, and I'm always like blown away at what God does. And, I, and sometimes I feel like it's wrong of me like to hear all these stories and to never share them, right? But I wanna read you just a couple of these because this is the kind of stuff that pumps me up. Listen to this. We've been tithing, but we decided to bump it up. I have so many stories of how God's been faithful in the past. As a single mom, it was a huge leap of faith to tithe, but God always made a way. 
I ended up getting a much better job that was such a blessing for my finances and my mental health. Since the giving challenge, I can see that there have been times where it would have been easy to cling to that extra percent. There have been so much uncertainty about the future financial situation of our household. This may seem like nothing to other people, but I found an unused gift card while I was going through my wallet last weekend, and there's no way I would leave a gift card unused. Like, can anyone relate to that, right? It was just at the right time for a little reminder that God still got this. We just have to trust him. This other person said, hey, Pastor Dan, me and my wife had discussed increasing our tithe. We looked at our budget and figured we could swing the extra amount, and we decided on an initiated recurring donation for every two weeks. One week later, my wife texts me, sends me the text below. So, you know how you added $120 every other week to the church? My pay raise went into effect, and it's about $280 extra a month. So God covered all of our needs and then some and continues to bless us every day. This last story is pretty awesome. It says, hey, Dan, I apologize for the delayed response. My wife and I started tithing 10 weeks, uh, 10% a few weeks prior to taking on the giving challenge. So we chose to give 1% more for a total of 11%. We were not responding because I didn't really have anything to respond with. We always gave 11% of any income received, salary, bonus, etc., which made things quite tight for us. Nothing seemed to change one way or another. Here at Christmas, we somewhat overextended ourselves to a degree per usual, and this past week has been as tight as it's ever been, which caused added stress on me and my wife. We have also given money that we really didn't have to give to several people that had popped up over the last month or so uh, that we thought needed it, inspired by the book, The Treasure Principle. Following a difficult and stressful conversation my wife and I had this week, I told her we weren't gonna worry anymore, but rather just trust that God will take care of whatever is needed. Needless to say, our faith and trust was restored 10 times over when I received an unforeseen and substantial raise at work. To top it off, I received a random check in the mail from a federal lawsuit concerning a scam I was targeted by for student loans, which totaled over $1,600. We're so happy to have accepted this challenge. It has taught us so many lessons and allowed us to learn firsthand about God's grace and word and enabled us to receive the true joy of giving and storing up riches in heaven. Now I look forward to giving God his money back. Those are just a fraction of the stories I could share with you of people when you experience God going like, oh, they're testing me, watch this. You'll never go back. It does not make sense in any other economy, but in God's economy, open hands is so much better than closed fists. And we all want to have the opportunity to be generous, but most of us won't live that way. As a matter of fact, I think a lot of us are gonna experience what I call soured generosity. I think most of us have soured generosity. Here's what I mean by that. Um, because we work downtown, I go to Johnson's right over here all the time. Like my wife's like, hey, she was like, we need to get this, we need to get that, whatever. So I'm at Johnson's and I'm walking out, I'm going to my car, minding my own business. And there's like this old dude standing by his car with his trunk pop open. He's like, hey, you like sweet potatoes? I'm like, no, <laughs> but my wife does, right? My wife does. And like, I've lived in the South long enough to know Random people selling vegetables out of the back of their vehicle and stuff, like, that's some good stuff. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I don't like sweet potatoes, but my wife loves sweet potatoes. And yo, I'll take the brownie points all day. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, yeah, my wife does. And he's like, well, I got a whole bag here. He's like, I'll just give them to you. I was like, you, you'll just give them to me? 
He said, you could just have them. I said, well, <laughs> why don't you want them? And he said, we just can't eat them all. There's too many, da, da, da. And so we just want to give them away. I said, all right. That's awesome. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely take that. Like, this dude is so generous. And, like, and he pulls out this bag, and it was, like, not even, like, a potato sack bag. It was, like, maybe that's, like, should have been, like, clue number one. But, like, he pulls them out in, like, one of those, like, nylon, like, bags, you know what I mean? Like, the kind of, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that, they're just different colors. And he pulls it out and goes, boom. And it's a big old bag of sweet potatoes. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is, like, sweet potatoes for days. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's going to have the biggest smile on her face. And I can walk in that door, like, girl, look what I got for you, right? And I grab it, and it was like, you know, there was like a little bit of like wetness on the bag. And I was like, okay, that's kind of strange. And so I like put it right in like my car. And I'm like, thankfully, like the church is literally 30 seconds away. (laughs) And so I immediately come driving over to the church parking lot. And the wetness on my hand, I'm like, you know, like, like, I smell it. I'm like, oh, I was like, "Mm, mm, mm." you know, like, you know, like that rancid potato smell. You know what I'm talking about? And I like opened the bag up and I could see these were the biggest, most beautiful looking sweet potatoes except for the fact that they were starting to sour. They were spoiling. And I picked one up and I was like, well, (laughs) uh, our dumpster will be getting a donation right now, right? And I dropped them off and I went home and I had to share the story. It's like one of those things like, it took like a whole day for the smell to go. Like that's what I'm talking about, right? It was gross. It It was soured generosity. And a lot of us, when it comes to our finances, we have soured generosity. It looks generous. We try to seem generous, but the reality is it's soured. It's not true generosity. It wasn't giving out of the abundance. It was getting rid of. And when it comes to our finances, if you have that mindset, don't be surprised when you don't experience the blessings of God. Don't be surprised when you're looking out and you're seeing or you're hearing that story going, how come I don't hear stories like that? How come God doesn't do that for me? How come I'm facing, how come that? Well, maybe you have to look and see, are you truly living with open hands or is it just closed fists saying, no, God, I'm being generous, but the reality is it's just soured potatoes. It's your choice. We can put God to the test and you will see him do something you've never experienced before. And you know what? You start making this plan and you just start working it and then you just start rounding up as you're able to. You will see over time that God will do something incredible. You know, Aaron and I, it's been a few years, you know, but we still give 13% of our income. That's just where we're at. And sometimes I make it feel like, oh man, I should be at like 15% or whatever. God doesn't look at it so legalistically, He says, hey, I'm only asking you to do this. And like, I would love to be in a place where one day like we can live on 13% and I gave away 87. That would be amazing. But as you just test God, as you trust him, as you just live with open hands, I can promise you, if you want freedom financially, the plan isn't to like make more. The plan isn't to like have more. The plan isn't to hold on to more. The plan, if you'll do it, is to actually give. Let's pray.